What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 73 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. We're only a couple days away from uh, the beginning of NBA free agency, only a couple days away from July 1st, uh, which will be next week. So obviously really exciting. Uh, and the rumor mill, it's it's only growing um, with where some of these star players are, are going to end up in free agency. Uh, guys like KD, Kawhi, Kyrie. Um, it's it's really interesting as we're approaching uh, the start of the free agency period, July 1st, which it's really, I believe it's June 30th now that teams are allowed to start talking uh, to players. But regardless, we're coming up on it. Uh, just a lot of good stuff. Um, coming at you today. Um, so starting with uh, a free agent who's probably not in the top tier of free agents, but is right there is Kemba Walker. Um, he's right behind guys like Kyrie and Katie and Kawhi, um, but a terrific player. And a, no one's really had a read on where he might go. Some people like, cause the Charlotte Hornets can, can offer him a max, a supermax more than any other player can can offer him. They can offer him upwards of, I think, eighty one million dollars more than the next team. Um, whether they want to do that, who knows? Um, but that's obviously that can be a huge talking point and swaying point for Kemba Walker to try to get him to stay. Is that supermax contract? Um, the Knicks have been a team that's been talked about because he's from New York. He's from that area. Um, the Mavericks is a team that I think is really interesting to me, um, with him going there with Luca and, uh, Porzingis. Um, but a team right now that has just emerged as the front runner seemingly overnight, um, is the Boston Celtics and kind of find that interesting that the Celtics are going to lose Kyrie because there are, there's no chance they're re-signing Kyrie. They'll lose Kyrie and they're going to replace him with a player who's, not as good, not as good of an individual talent, but a player who could potentially be a better fit for that roster. Um, I don't think it makes the Celtics a better team because the Celtics are going to be losing Kyrie and they're going to be losing Al Horford. Al Horford is, is increasingly likely he won't stay. And then you insert Kemba, you're going to have to lose a guy like Terry Rozier because Kemba Walker is a max level player. Terry Rozier is a restricted free agent. You're not going to have the money to be able to bring in Kemba and then also re-sign Terry Rozier. So they're going to have to let him go, cut ties with him, and then with the remaining money they have, they'll have to use mid-level exception, veterans minimum, things like that to fill out the roster. I just don't see Kemba as a ideal destination or I don't see Boston as an ideal uh, situation and destination for Kemba Walker. Uh, there's nothing really appealing about the Boston Celtics to me. Um, you know, they, the only thing that people would be able to pitch because it's not a great place to live. It's cold virtually year round being in Boston. Um, so it's not a great place to live. It doesn't really attract free agents all too often. Um, now, you do have great executives, uh, a pretty good GM in Danny Ainge, although he's kind of, I think he's 
messed up with this Kyrie situation, but overall, he's a good GM. They have good ownership in place. Um, but really, the only thing that the Celtics have been able to pitch over the last few years is history. How successful they've been over the course of this franchise's lifespan, winning 17 championships. But to be honest with you, I don't even think you can pitch history anymore because nobody cares about what you did back in the 60s and 70s. People care about what you've done over the last four or five years. How successful have you been in the last four or five years? And the recent history for the Boston Celtics has been underwhelming, to say the least. Um, they, They did make an Eastern Conference final against the Cavs two years ago. And they pushed LeBron to seven games without Kyrie. But they just, they haven't been able to do anything. Their, their rebuild was totally jump-started with that Brooklyn trade, trading Paul Pierce and KG and Jason Terry over to the Nets for essentially the next five years of the Brooklyn Nets franchise. And now, seemingly, the Brooklyn Nets are in a better position than the Boston Celtics going forward. And I think that's I think that's bad. I think that's bad for the Boston Celtics because they don't have any great recent history to for people to look at and be like, this is a place where I want to go play. This is a place where I can go win. You'll win some games in Boston, but nothing over the past five years has led me to believe that this is going to be a championship roster within the next year or two. Um, it's just not going to happen. And I don't think Kemba Walker is enough uh, concerning what the Celtics are losing, because you're losing both Kyrie and Al Horford, and you're going to lose Terry Rozier as well. Uh, to be honest with you, I think the Celtics are better off re-signing Terry Rozier, moving with him as your starting point guard, and then you're going to have roughly $25 million to get some veteran pieces on the roster. Maybe you bring in a guy like Brooke Lopez to fill the Al Horford void, Bring in some shooters like a Danny Green or a Terrence Ross or somebody. Bring in veterans. I think the Celtics would be better off that way than just bringing in one star and you're not going to have necessarily a great roster around you. And I don't even know if the situation there with the coaching and stuff is great anyways because we don't even know that the problem with the Celtics was Kyrie Irving. A lot of people like to just put put the blame on Kyrie Irving and say, oh, he's too flaky, he's not a great teammate, and they were better without him, which could be the case. But I do think there's something to be said between uh, Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens coached Gordon Hayward in college at Butler and now, obviously, they're together in Boston. And a lot of people think that Brad Stevens holds Gordon Hayward in incredibly high regard, favors him more than other players. And Danny Ainge has kind of fed that and allowed that to happen. And it's pushed Kyrie away. I think, I do believe, when Kyrie said he wanted to resign at the beginning of the season, I do believe he actually wanted to. But I do think some situations in the front office the relationships between Hayward and Ainge and uh, and Brad Stevens, I think that's pushed Kyrie away. And it's going to end up pushing a guy like Terry Rozier away. I don't think Terry Rozier wants to be there. 
And I just don't think it's a great situation for a guy like Kemba Walker to be in. Um, now, he's obviously going to be sacrificing quite a bit of money uh, if he goes elsewhere. I've heard that the the Hornets aren't necessarily interested in offering him the Supermax. Um, they they want to offer him around the, I believe, the 160 mark instead of the, I, th- I think the number is like 216 or something like that for, for five years. But they want to offer him like, I think a four-year 160-something. So um, that allows other teams to be able to compete for Kemba Walker. And teams, they'll roughly fall about $20 million short in total money um, because they can't offer as much as the, the Hornets can. But I just don't think that's necessarily a great fit Kemba with the Celtics. I think it gets him more exposure and it's still going to make the Celtics interesting and they're still going to be a good team, but I don't think it's the best situation for him long-term. And I'm not even sure if it's necessarily the best thing the Celtics can do more moving forward. Um, But a situation that I am really closely monitoring and I'm, and I have some really good thoughts on it. Um, well, it's up to you to decide whether or not they're good thoughts or not. But I just, just scenarios I love. Um, D'Angelo Russell, he could be on the move from the Nets with the Nets pursuing Kyrie Irving. They want Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And so that's going to force D'Angelo Russell out the door. He's a restricted free agent. So it's ultimately up to the Nets to decide whether or not they want to keep him. I don't think they will. Although I love him in Brooklyn and he made them a good team again. A couple teams have um, kind of sprung to the top uh, uh, in terms of pursuing him. One team that I think is really heavily pursuing him is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns really wants him on the team, thinks that if they add him, they're going to be great, a playoff team, and they'll be set up for the future. Um, I don't like... Minnesota. I think Andrew Wiggins might be the one of the bigger busts over the last six or so draft classes. Uh, he just didn't turn into. He hasn't turned into the player everybody thought he would be, and that's kind of disappointing because he had a lot of hype coming out of uh, coming coming out of college. Maybe. The only guy I can compare him to is a guy like Alonzo Ball or even maybe even not as much hype as Zion, but probably had the most hype out of any other player um, before Zion Williamson and after a guy like LeBron James. Like Andrew Wiggins was a highly touted prospect um, and he's not turned out to be anything and he's making too much money. Carl Anthony Towns is immensely talented, one of the best big men in the league. They've got nothing to show for it. And quite honestly, I'm tired of hearing about the Minnesota Timberwolves. If they add D'Angelo Russell, yes, they're a playoff team and they're a lot better. But I don't like what they're doing with Andrew Wiggins. I don't like Andrew Wiggins there. Carl Anthony Towns is too talented to be sitting at home during the playoffs. Yes, they need D'Angelo Russell, but I'm not sure if D'Angelo Russell would want to join that especially with a player and Andrew Wiggins who is not lived up to his potential 
and to the hype that he had coming out of college. Um, the the Los Angeles Lakers are another team. It's mutual interest. D'Angelo has been there before. He was drafted there, traded away by Magic Johnson, and they ended up getting Kyle Kuzma, and they freed up the cap space to bring in LeBron James. Um, there's mutual interest between both of them to link back together. I think that would be a great fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis. A lot of people may not think so because D'Angelo Russell had a one of the highest usage rates in the league last year, um, and he shot 37 38% on seven or eight three-pointer, uh, three-point attempts a game, which is, that's an extremely high usage rate, and that's pretty good. Um, but as good as D'Angelo Russell is at being an on-ball player and scoring he's also really good off the ball catch and shoot shoot situations and that's why i think he would work in la with lebron and anthony davis um but a situation that i i really love and i would love d'angelo russell to go to the lakers because i'm a, i'm a lakers fan but a situation that i would fall in love with is D'Angelo Russell to the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker has been advocating for a while to get D'Lo in Phoenix, to pair him, pair him up with with Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, um, and that young core they have there, Josh Jackson. You, you put D'Angelo R- Russell in there, I think that makes the Phoenix Suns automatically 10 times better, and I think that makes them outside of the New Orleans Pelicans, the most exciting team in the Western Conference. And really, the Phoenix Suns are too talented to be sitting outside the playoffs anyways with Devin Booker and Ayton. Ayton right now, I think, is better than Carl Anthony Downs. I think coming into the draft, he was better than what Carl Anthony Downs is now. Um, just a better, more athletic shooter, um, I, I like DeAndre Aiden a lot. You add D'Angelo Russell there, who can be your primary scorer, have D-Book play off the ball, which I think is what's best for him. You could have an outstanding young trio in Phoenix that would really turn them around and make them one of the more exciting teams in the West and one of the better teams in the West. And what's already a pretty packed and pretty dense Western Conference I love that situation for D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think that would just be absolutely perfect. If I had to rank those three situations, and we'll, we'll make it four with Brooklyn, assuming that they, they can't get KD and, and uh, Kyrie. Um, I think the Phoenix Suns is the best situation for D'Angelo Russell. Pair him up with Devin Booker, who is one of the best shooters in the league behind Clay. Uh, JJ Redick is an excellent shooter, although he's not a star, but he's an excellent shooter. Devin Booker's right up there with those guys. DeAndre Ayton is one of the more exciting young big men in the league. Uh, a big man who is not your traditional big man can shoot extremely athletic, extremely mobile, um, great weak side defender. I love Ayton. You put D'Angelo Russell in that mix. They're an exciting young team and they can be great in a couple years and be one of the best teams in the West. That's number one. Number two is the Lakers. Um, and the reason why I think the Lakers 
should absolutely jump all over D'Angelo Russell is because you're going to have three stars, but D'Angelo Russell is an all-star. You have two superstars, two of the five best players in the world, and LeBron and AD. You have LeBron, who's on the back half of his prime. He's going to be exiting his prime within the next couple of seasons. Anthony Davis right now is in the middle of his prime, or maybe next year he'll be smack dab in the middle of his prime. He's 26 years old, and he'll have you know, eight great years left. And then D'Angelo Russell, who's, I don't know, 23, 22, 23, he's going to be entering his prime in three to four years. Just think of the rollover that the Lakers could have. You have two or three, probably three more great years of LeBron. Then you're in the middle of Anthony Davis's prime, and D'Angelo is going to be entering his. And then after a couple years, Anthony Davis is going to exit his prime. And then you're going to have D'Angelo Russell for the next eight to 10 years. The rollover of greatness that you could possibly have with LeBron, AD, and D'Angelo Russell, not necessarily for just the next three to four years of being together, but just imagine the future, the next 10 to 15 years, what you would be able to do with that prolonged and, and the longevity of what you've created. And how you've structured it. I think that would be absolutely genius of the Lakers to bring in D'Angelo Russell. And quite honestly, D'Angelo Russell might be the only player. He might be the top guy on the list now. I would forget about a guy like Kawhi Leonard. I would forget about a guy like Katie. Katie wouldn't come anyways. Forget about him. Forget about Jimmy Butler. He's not leaving Philadelphia. Forget about all of those top guys. I think you bring in D'Angelo Russell because he's a young star coming into his prime in a couple years. AD's in the middle of his prime. LeBron's exiting his prime. Three players at the same time all really good. And the rollover it would just be incredible. You would have extreme prolonged success. And it would just that would just be incredible. I would rank that as the second best situation. Um, although like that would be fantastic for the Lakers. I would definitely go with, go for that. If I was the Lakers, um, the third best situation for D'Angelo Russell is probably to stay in Brooklyn. You're a playoff team right now in Brooklyn. Um, and really you can just get some other veterans to kind of juice up that roster. You're probably not going to land another star, juice up that roster a little bit. I mean, you you pushed Philadelphia a little bit, just get a little better, and you can be one of the top teams in the in the Eastern Conference, and that can be D'Angelo Russell's team. And then the fourth best situation is the Timberwolves. I just don't think it would make them a playoff team, but I don't think it's a great situation because Andrew Wiggins is not a off-the-ball player. He needs the ball, and he's not a great player either. Carl Anthony Towns is a guy who kind of needs the ball too. I just don't think I don't. I just don't think the situation is good enough there. And, and quite honestly, I'm tired of hearing about the Timberwolves because they should have been good four years ago, <laughs> and they're not. They haven't made the playoffs. So they had all those picks several years in a row, top five picks, and they haven't turned into anything. And that's really disheartening. Uh, not to me, but just Timberwolves fans and to the Timberwolves organization because you know you had like five great drafts and nothing to show for it. So, uh, 
Um, but that's how I rank the D'Angelo Russell situation. What play, what destinations would be the best for him? Um, now I did mention Jimmy Butler briefly. Um, the, the Houston Rockets are heavily pursuing Jimmy Butler. They don't have enough money right now to be big players in free agency to be able to sign people. But if they make some trades or maybe if they can conduct a sign and trade with Philadelphia, like they really want Jimmy buckets. They want Jimmy Butler in Houston. He's from Houston and they want him there with Chris Paul and James Harden. Uh, Initial reaction right up top. It it won't work. That's, that's not going to work. That's, Jimmy Butler has kind of bounced around the league over the last couple of seasons. Very combustible personality. Doesn't get along with a lot of people. Goes at people's throats. He hasn't worked out in a lot of situations he's been in. Um, I just don't know if that's going to work. Especially when all three of those guys, Chris Paul, James, and Jimmy, are those are players who thrive on the ball they need the ball and especially with the way James Harden plays it just wouldn't work it absolutely wouldn't work and I don't know why the Houston Rockets are panicking because there's no need to panic there's absolutely no need whatsoever to panic the Golden State Warriors they're going to be a playoff team next year but they're not going to be the best team in the league they're not going to KD if they have if they get KD back He's going to be out a whole year. And Clay Thompson, if they re-sign him, he's going to be out for most of the season anyways. They're not going to be the same team. They're going to be in the playoffs, but you won't have to worry about going going up against a monster, a juggernaut in the playoffs. They're the only team that they haven't been able to get past in the playoffs to reach their goals. Why not just run it back one more year? Mike D'Antoni's on the last year of his contract. Run it back. You're likely going to be at the top of the Western Conference again, as currently constructed. Run it back. You can be the best team in the West. You can make it out of the West next season and compete for a championship. I don't know why the Rockets are panicking. I don't see a need for them to panic. Uh, It seems like Chris Paul and James Harden are already going at each other's throats anyways. Why add another guy to the mix who also likes to go at people's throats. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I were you. Plus you're also if you're going to trade for Jimmy Butler, you're going to have to give up a rim protector in Clint Capella. You're going to have to give up some shooting like Eric Gordon. You're going to have to give up a 3 and D guy in PJ Tucker. You're going to have to give up quality veterans, quality players just to bring in a superstar who you're going to pay 32 million dollars and you're going to have a lot of personalities on the team that may not mesh and the play style in D'Antoni's offense isn't going to work with those three guys. It just won't. Um, The Rockets would be far better off letting Chris Paul run the offense, having James Harden play off the ball a little more. That would work out a lot better. Unfortunately, they're not going to trade. They're not going to change their play style, but adding Jimmy Butler to the mix would not work. It's going to be an absolute, that would be an absolute mistake to do that. Yes, they'll be really talented. Yes, they'll make the playoffs, but 
That would be an ugly situation to watch. Probably pretty entertaining, but also ugly. And I wouldn't consider that if I'm the Rockets. I just don't see the need to panic. No need to panic. The Warriors are out of it. They're not going to win the championship next year. They're not going to get out of the West next year. It's just not going to happen. And teams are panicking because I don't know why. There's no reason to panic. There's a championship window now open for 10 teams in the Western Conference. There's 10 teams right now that feel like they have a legitimate shot of getting out of the West and winning a title. Whether that's fair or not, probably not, but teams feel that way. And with the Warriors down and out for seemingly just the next year, um, they want to retain both KD and, and Clay. Um, but right now, Kevin Durant's living in New York for the summer. He's meeting with his team, discuss, discussing free agent options. I think the Knicks right now are the only other team besides the Warriors that are competing for Kevin Durant. And the Warriors, I think, are a little bit in panic mode because they want Kevin Durant back. I think Kevin Durant's a little mad at them for the situation in Golden State with his injury. Um, and so I think the Warriors are panicking a little bit, but they are exploring a sign-and-trade uh, avenue with Kevin Durant with teams like the Nets and the Knicks. Um, so yeah, they're exploring that option. I'm not sure, you know, what kind of trade market KD is going to have because he's injured. He's going to be out of season. So your teams aren't going to give up the farm for him. Um, but it would be interesting because if the Warriors, the Warriors could either just lose Kevin Durant for nothing and you, you do gain the $30 million in cap. And you can use that to spread out on the roster while also retaining Clay. Or they could trade Kevin Durant and get a bunch of assets in return, um, like picks, or maybe you bring in like Kevin Knox, a, a young player. Um, and I can't even think of other players that the Knicks have on the roster, but because they're just not good at all. But I mean, if the Warriors feel like they can get a lot of value for Kevin Durant, then why not do it? I personally would just let him walk, just let him go because you can definitely buff up the bench, beef it up, make it stronger. And you bring back clay and then you just have a strong bench that you can rely on throughout the season to protect Steph's legs and clay when he comes back and, um, Draymond, you just protect the legs of your stars and, you're gonna have a strong bench. Um, but I don't I don't know how realistic the sign and trade option is with Kevin Durant. I don't think it's I don't think that's a likely scenario. I think it's just either gonna be he signs somewhere, he either resigns with the Warriors or he's gonna resign with the Knicks. There's not gonna be any trade. I think the Warriors I don't know why the Warriors would be panicking about it because they don't need Kevin Durant. And they don't need to get anything for him. I think the best thing they can can get for Kevin Durant is the money they're going to free up. Because they can just beef up that bench, bring in guys like Avery Bradley off the bench, or 
Maybe you can snag a Danny Green or um, a Terrence Ross, Jeremy Lamb shooters just to beef up the bench. That's what I would do if I was the Warriors. If I know I'm not going to get Kevin Durant back, don't worry about it. (laughs) He gave you championships, although he does feel like a warrior now with the injury and he feels like he's actually part of that team. I really don't think the Warriors are going to be busting their butts over it um, when they realize they're going to have $30 million plus freed up uh, to give Clay more money and also you, you can make that bench a little better. Um, because that was probably the weakest point of their team last year was their bench because they are paying for superstars. Um, but speaking of freeing up cap space, the Los Angeles Lakers have now freed up enough money for a max slot. Um, with the trade details with uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, whether or not you, tr- you complete the trade by July 30th or July 6th, you could have anywhere between 24 and $32 million. Um, with this deal that they completed, it was they were only going to get $24 million, but Anthony Davis had a trade kicker of $4 million that he could waive in order to free up cap space for the Lakers, free up an extra $4 million. He did decide to do that today, freed up that $4 million, so you're having around uh, $28, $29 million in cap space. And then the Lakers also made a trade. They they were shopping the rest of their players on the roster. Um, and they traded Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, and Isaac Bonga to the Wizards to to free up that money. And I think they still have Alex Caruso on the roster, but he's not really making anything. And he's a two-way player with the D-League anyways. Um, so now the Lakers have $32 million. They have freed up that max slot. And it's up to them what they want to do with it. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I think it's I think it's Brooklyn, or I think it's just Brooklyn for Kyrie. I don't think he's going anywhere else. The Lakers would be the next option, but I don't think he's going to do that. Um, Kawhi, the only LA team he would consider is the Clippers. Kevin Durant's going to either New York or resigning in Golden State. Kemba. Right now, the front runner is the Celtics. I don't think the Lakers are in the running for any of those top guys. Jimmy Butler is going to stay with the 76ers. I think that's the best fit for Jimmy Butler. He doesn't need to go to Houston or go to the Lakers or go anywhere else. I think it's the best. He works best in Philadelphia because Ben Simmons has a share the ball mentality, a share the ball play style. He can give Jimmy the ball in his spots, and then Jimmy can take over late in games. He's a perfect fit. fit uh, he's a perfect fit there with his play style, and so really the only other free agent that the LA Lakers can have at the top of their list is D'Angelo Russell. And I've already went through that a little bit. It would be perfect to bring in D'Angelo Russell. Um, now I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is a max level player. Um, they may ask D'Angelo Russell to take maybe only $28 million, $27 million to just have $5 million left over. So you can do, I guess, a little bit with some money. So that way it doesn't have to be all mid-level exceptions and veterans minimum. Because remember, those don't count against the cap. So I think that would be the best option for the Lakers with, with the money they have is you just go after D'Angelo Russell 
and then you fill out the roster with whatever else you have left. But I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for the Lakers if they didn't get anybody else because LeBron and AD is still two of the top five players in the league. And they would be fine. And it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Lakers to have Darren Collison as their starting point guard. Um, a guy like Danny Green at the two or like a J.J. Redick. Uh, you bring back Brooke Lopez. Uh, like it wouldn't that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to roll out those guys. Uh, do I think they're going to get those guys? We'll see. It just depends. It depends on what the Lakers' plan is. Their plan is to add another max-level guy. I don't know who. The only max-level guy that I can think of that would want to go to the Lakers is Kyrie Irving because he's expressed interest in playing again with LeBron and he's expressed interest in playing with Anthony Davis. Kyrie Irving is the only free agent, the only max-level guy, superstar, that makes any kind of sense playing for the Lakers. Um, that's that's the only one that makes any kind of sense. And then D'Angelo Russell follows immediately after. Um, uh, so I don't know. It, it, it's really up to the Lakers what they want to do. I think they want a max guy. Personally, I think it's best to just fill out the roster and and just get some nice veteran guys to fill out them and just use up that money that way. And it would even be great to just ask D'Angelo Russell to maybe take a little less. You'll have a little bit of spending money left to get a couple veteran guys. That would be maybe the best case scenario. But the worst case is they, they don't get anybody and they can get nice veterans who can come in and and just do exactly what you need them to do and you're paying them cheaply. Like You don't have to give them a lot of money. That would be best for them. But it is huge, the Lakers trading those players away. I would have liked to have kept Mo Wagner because he, he's a floor stretcher, but that's fine. Plus, you're getting $4 million from Anthony Davis back that you didn't know if you were going to get a couple weeks ago. So that's really helpful. Um, But it, it's going to be really interesting in the Western Conference next year because we're going to have a ton of teams who... We're going to have like 10 teams fighting for a playoff spot um, because I think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs again. Uh, the Rockets will be in the playoffs. The Nuggets, they're not really gaining um, anything but just valuable experience. They had a great playoff run. Portland was in the Western Conference Finals and Dame is one of the league's top 10 players, I think. Probably the second best point guard in the game right now behind Steph Curry. Portland will be back. I think the Spurs, they're always there every year. Um, the Utah Jazz certainly got better. Um, like, adding Mike Conley was huge for them. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, I think, are going to be a really interesting team. And, like, the LA Lakers are going to be fighting for a spot. That's eight teams right there. Um, the Pelicans, they may need a couple years or two, but that's that's nine. Um like there's so much competition right now in the Western conference that the Lakers, like they may need a year to gel and in that year, they may not make the playoffs. Like it sounds crazy to think, but we all thought the Lakers were going to make the playoffs last year and they didn't granted there was injuries and, and stuff involved, but we, we know, we don't know because the Western conference is just so 
densely populated with great teams and great players. And we never know who's going to rise to the top and who's going to sink to the bottom. It's going to be really interesting to watch next year. Excuse me, but I do think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be one of the uh, two or three best teams in the West and one of the better teams in the league. But we don't know. We don't know how they're going to fit together. We don't know who the Lakers are going to bring in in free agency in a couple days. But, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see and, and watch. But it's going to be really interesting because there's just so much competition in the Western Conference um, and just way more so than in the East. Um, but that moves me into a new segment that I'm starting here today. Um, and it, like we have the Ford food chain, which I, where I detail the top 10 things about whatever in sports, whether it's top 10 teams, top 10, top 10 players, uh, or, or things like that. But a new segment that I'm starting today, and it's going to be re- in regards to NBA free agency. Um, but we're also going to do it for lots of other things as well in sports. Um, it's called Will's Wish List. Um, just five things that I would love to see in sports. And we're going to do an NBA free agency edition of Will's Wish List, starting with number five. Um, D'Angelo Russell going to Phoenix. I think, like I already explained it already, I think it's a tremendous fit with Devin Booker being off the ball. I think Devin Booker is much better when he doesn't have to play uh, on the ball. When he has to be your primary scorer, uh, I just don't think it works out too well. And putting a point guard in there, in there, plugging in a point guard who can score on his own, but can also create for others, drive into the paint, and kick out to Devin Booker. I think D'Angelo Russell is perfect for that role. And it makes them a really dangerous team in the West. I, that, there's another team in the West that could be competitive next year if they get D'Angelo Russell. Or if they have a good free agency. So you plug in D'Angelo Russell with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, you bring in some veterans. That's a perfect situation. That's a competitive team. You give them a year or two to gel. I love Phoenix. And I love that spot for D'Angelo Russell. That's my number five wish on Will's wish, uh, wish list. Uh, number four, the number four thing that I want to see in NBA free agency is the Clipper, the the LA Clippers landing nobody. I think we all know that Los Angeles is a Laker town. It's not a Clipper town. It It's felt really weird over the last six years to think that the LA Clippers have largely been the better team in LA. But LA still, the, the, the Lakers still bring in all the money. They still bring in all the talk and they still bring in all the hype. And it's always going to be that, that way for the rest of time. For as long as the NBA exists, for the long, for as long as sports exists, it's always going to be a Laker town. And the only way to, to get this train back on track um, is if the LA Clippers don't land anybody. And they're another team that I didn't mention either that are going to be fighting for a playoff spot next year. They made the playoffs without a star. So if they get a guy like Kawhi, they're going to catapult to near the top. Um, but I think we all know that LA is a Laker town, and I'm not just saying this as a Laker fan. It's just the truth. 
if the Clippers don't land anybody, it is now once again going to be the Lakers. It's going to be the Lakers city. Um, as it should be. That's just how it's always been throughout NBA history. And that's how it's going to be uh, as long as the NBA exists. Um, number three on Will's wish list is Kemba Walker and DeMarcus Cousins both heading to the Dallas Mavericks. I would absolutely love the Dallas Mavericks if they, they rolled out there with Kemba Walker at the point. You have Luka Doncic um, at the two. Um, then you have Chris Porzingis at the four and De- uh, DeMarcus Cousins at the five. And then you'll need someone to fill um, the small forward spot or if maybe you, you want Luka at small forward, whatever. You need a another wing player uh, to bring in and uh, space the floor out, hit some threes, three and D kind of guy kind of like a PJ Tucker esque kind of guy. Maybe it's like a Trevor Ariza, bring in Trevor Ariza. Um, that would be a great lineup. And I would absolutely love that. Um, and this was debatably my number two on Will's wish list. Um, but um, I would love Kemba and Boogie. Boogie is not the same player he was. He's never going to be the same player with just the injuries he's had, the catastrophic injuries to his Achilles and his quad and his knee. But uh, you give Boogie a full season next year to get back up to strength and just to be close to the same player he was with Kemba and Porzingis and Don and Luka Doncic. That's a heck of a lineup, and that would make the Mavs a really interesting team as well. Um, I just I just love the idea of Kemba with Doncic and Porzingis and Boogie. I just love that idea. You bring in a guy like Trevor Ariza, three and D can hit some threes. Plays great defense, can can guard the other team's best player. I love it. Uh, number two is kind of a fantasy option. Um, I mean, all of these, in a way, are fantasy options because some none of these may happen and all of these may happen. We don't know. But uh, my number two wish on Will's wish list is Clay Thompson to the Lakers because I think Clay Thompson embodies everything LeBron James would want uh, in a star player duo. He's arguably the second best shooter in the game. Plays extremely well off the ball. He's a great catch-and-shoot player. He doesn't need the ball to thrive, and he's a great defender. One of the better two-way players in the league. He is perfect for what LeBron James wants to do. Uh, He would be the perfect teammate for LeBron James to put with Anthony Davis it would make all the sense in the world to bring in Clay Thompson um, for the Lakers, but unfortunately, that is there's a less than zero percent chance that that will happen because the Warriors will offer him the max. But if they, for some reason, all of a sudden, I don't know, got high and forgot that Clay Thompson is one of the best players in the world, and they didn't offer him the max. He said he would take a meeting with the Clippers, not the Lakers. So I just, I think it's highly unlikely, but I think it makes all the sense in the world. And that's my number two wish. And number one, um, I think everyone's been begging for the Knicks to be good for a long time now, really ever since the, the mellow era. 
And I think a lot of people would love to see KD and Kyrie land in New York, and I would love to see it too because I think it makes the New York Knicks interesting again, and it makes the the, the Eastern Conference a lot more interesting. And I think it would just be better for the NBA to kind of have a power shift where probably the, the Western Conference's best player, although he's going to be out all next year, the Western Conference's best player moves to the East, brings a superstar from the East with him, and they pair up and they become the best team in the Eastern Conference, not this year, but next year. That would be the ideal ideal place. It's too bad that Kevin Durant uh, tore his Achilles because I think if he hadn't, this would be a this would be all but done. I think this would be a done deal, Katie and Kyrie to the Knicks. But now with the injury, I think Katie's having second thoughts. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Kyrie is now thinking about Brooklyn. I don't know. But I think Katie and Kyrie with the Knicks, it would be it would make it extremely interesting in the NBA. It would create a lot more parity, especially in the Eastern Conference. I I love it. And I'm certainly looking forward to what that duo could do if they happen to link up and go to New York together. I'm really excited about that duo in New York if it were if it were to happen. That's my number one wish on the new segment Will's wish list. Great stuff, amazing stuff with NBA free free agency coming up around the corner in a couple of days. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about today, a um, little bit of MLB. I talked about this a little bit last week um, in the last episode. Just the the idea with the netting um, on both dugout sides, both the, both the first base and third base line. Um, and just the increasing amount of injuries we've seen with fans getting hit with foul balls, uh, particularly line drives. And we had a recent in- uh, incident where a toddler was hit by a foul ball at a Cubs-Astros game. And it was a, I believe it was a two-year-old girl struck by a foul ball. And she sustained like just an absolutely brutal injury. She suffered from a uh, skull fracture, um, which was associated with some subdural bleeding, bruising, swelling. Um, And then she uh, also had a seizure while she was hospitalized. So really, her her brain was just, I I just think, was in shock uh, after that devastating blow to the head by that foul ball. Um, The person who hit the ball, who hit the foul ball was a Cubs player, Albert Almora. Um, Obviously he was really emotional about it. And you know, none of this is intentional. It's just, it's just part of the game. And I think fans know the risk when they go to these games, because these, these nets don't, cover a lot of ground they go i think all all 30 teams had agreed i think last season to have the netting go all the way down to the end of their dugouts um but now after this recent incident and just really the increase in incidents we've had over the last uh 
year and especially this season. Um, two teams out of the 30 cl- ball clubs have announced plans to extend their netting all the way to the left field and right field foul poles. Those two teams being the Chicago White Sox and the Washington Nationals. I proposed this in my last episode. Every team should be a requirement now to have netting go all the way down um, both the third base and first base lines all the way down to the left and right field foul poles. Um, Obviously, you're not going to protect from every incident. You're not going to protect from those high looping foul balls that go behind the plate or anything like that because you can't make the nets you know, 300 feet tall. Um, It's just not feasible, but you're not going to protect against those, but you can certainly protect against the line drive ones, the ones that are just coming at you a hundred. It's like, it's like a hundred miles an hour. Well, it's obviously more than a hundred miles an hour, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're just coming at you so hard and so fast piercing through the air. Like no kid, especially a two-year-old, but nobody deserves to get cracked in the face while they're enjoying a, a wonderful day out, out at the ballpark. Um, I mean, it's just it's extremely concerning for the game because you know this it's one of the it's one of America's most popular sports. It's America's pastime, and children aren't safe now when they go to these games because. Seems like every other game now we have a person getting hit with a foul ball. That's just what it feels. That's not the case, but it, it's what it feels like to me. And to me, I just no kid should feel like they should. There's no kid should feel scared to walk into a ballpark and feel like they're going to get hit with a foul ball. You can't protect against all incidents, but you can certainly mitigate the risks um, that are caused by the line drive foul balls. Um, because it's just an extremely dangerous situation. And this girl, um, she is home, but, and she's going to be reassessed later on in, in July. But that was, uh, that girl could have died. A two year old getting, getting blasted in the head, a skull fracture, uh, bleeding, bruising, swelling of the brain, and then having a seizure as a result while in the hospital. That's just, sickening to think about and it just every team needs to adopt it shouldn't even be a owner vote like the MLB should just say this is what we're doing all 30 teams in the MLB we're extending the netting all the way down to the the left and right field foul poles all the way down to protect these fans. Now, obviously, I know that the, these fans accept these risks when they walk into the ballpark. So there's always risks associated with everything. Um, but they just need to be protected. And it's baseball and basketball. They're similar in, in respects that they're they can interact with the game, like, so to speak, like NBA, the fans are on the court, they're courtside. There's nothing stopping them from going out on the court and tackling a player or just getting involved with the game. Baseball fans can catch foul balls or 
um, you know, kind of be just right next to the wall and have impacts on the game. Remember the, the Cubs incident years ago where a fan reached over the wall and stopped and prevented a player from catching it. Fans can have an impact on the game. Football, that's not the case. Football, there is separation. Um, they're obviously blocked in with like a wall, but they're also elevated too. Um, so they can't have any impact on the game. It's, this is why something needs to be done because a kid almost died as a result um, and is still not in great condition. All 30 teams in the MLB need to adopt a policy where they extend the netting all the way down to the left and right field foul poles. It has to be done. Um, but that's it for me for episode 73. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Um, be sure to subscribe to my podcast, The Will Ford Show, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe on SoundCloud. Um, give me a rate and review on iTunes. Give me a like and, and comment on SoundCloud. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, follow me on Twitter at The Will Ford Show. I tweet all the episode links on there. Also on my Facebook page, The Will Ford Show. You can ask me questions on there as well. DM me. Send me a message. I can answer your question about uh, anything related to sports to the best of my ability. Um, I tweet the, or not tweet the episode links, but I post the episode links on that page as well, um, along with some other interactive content. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I posted the video of my haircut, um, which surprisingly got got a lot of views. I think that those kind of videos are kind of popular. So it's not related to sports, but it's related to this podcast because it's me. And I wanted to share that with my viewers um, because obviously it's a big change in my life. Um, but make sure you subscribe to the Will Ford Show on YouTube so that way you can stay up to date with all um, my sports content, some segments from from each podcast. And... We'll see you on the flip side in episode 74 with some more NBA free agency, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of stuff to come, but we, we'll see you in the next episode, episode 74. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show.